The Lifestyle Show with Tara Lockery Grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra. Welcome to The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra with me, Tara Lockery Grant. This is the podcast, and if you're just joining us for the first time, you're very welcome. Where we look at the areas of food, fashion, travel, living, motors, parenting, health and fitness, and also career development to you and where you want to be and how to get there. Areas of life that we're all looking at and really interested in at the moment. So we have a brand new series that we kicked off at the beginning of the year called Winning at Life. So to tell us more about that is Ian McLean from Flow, who's here in front of me. Ian, great to see you again. And you, Tara. So we've had our initial discussion of what Winning at Life is and what the series is. Can you give us a quick recap on that before we move on to our first podcast in the series? Part of the reason that I'm here is because there's a major milestone in terms of a birthday for me. And um, I was reflecting and thinking about what it is or how I wanted to celebrate that half century milestone. And there are many options. Lots of people do many conventional things or unconventional things. And I thought the best thing that I could do would be to take a little bit of time out to reflect, given my profession and my interest in life, which has been around what makes people win or lose at life and what are the components or the ingredients that make that happen. So the opportunity to take the time throughout the year to document that, reflect upon it and try to crystallize it into 50 insights one a week, uh, which we can you know, post and discuss as we go here. Brilliant. And that's it in a nutshell. And we are here at the beginning post. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at RT Lifestyle. I'm on Twitter at Tara LG with a GH. And yeah, let us know if there are ideas or things that you want us to put to Ian or discuss. And also you'll have all the contact details with the full article on rte.e forward slash lifestyle so we'll embed the podcast in there and you can read a little bit more about Ian's advice on these things so we're going to start at the very beginning or as your first insight leads towards start at the end yeah and um, you always try to think about what's the first one that that's most important and uh, that's where we've led with or I've led with is start at the end for a number of reasons well one is very simply the whole project itself is I could have simply sat down with a you know pen and paper or with a keypad and just started to type and try to you know free flow and brainstorm but there's probably a more effective way to do it so before I did that I just thought about what you know why I was doing it in the first instance so what's the purpose of doing this um, and just become clear on why and then secondly once it's done what do I imagine it's going to be by the end of it and you know when you dwell on that and you begin with the end it begins to harness and give you the idea of how you should or could go about doing it, what the chapters might look like, what the insights might be, how the structure might be. So it's only really by beginning at the end that you begin to inform how you go about taking a decision today. Ian, would you, is this all about visualisation? Marcy Shymoff recently at the Pendulum Summit was talking about that whole idea of and getting the whole group, anybody who was there at it, to stand up, thousands of people, stand up and visualise a point in the room, turn around, point to that room, then close your eyes, visualise it again. And then lo and behold, everybody found that they were able to reach further than they had been the first time because they visualised it. So once is that why, why you, where you go with your start with the end in mind? Absolutely. So and it's, it's one aspect of it or one which is very broad in the public domain but it actually this has been around for for centuries that the whole idea of of uh, visualization and the ability to visualize because it's actually what distinguishes us from other mammals because we're the only mammal on the planet that has the capability of doing this which is why we've invented tools we've created 
everything that we now take for granted around us. We have technology, which is the latest iteration of it. We had the industrial age. We had the, you know, the stone age. We had So everything that we've created has been an evolution, and it's been based on this ability to imagine and conceive. So we are the only mammals who do this. We can imagine a future that doesn't already exist, and we can make decisions in the present that enable us to move or migrate towards that future. So as a species, we dominate the planet, but individually, you can harness that very unique attribute and make it work in your favor. Brilliant. With this project, so the end goal is you want to look back over the year at what? I'd like to, at the end of the year, ref- reflect on everything that I've learned that's been pulled together in a format which we're creating here through both the podcasts and through the posts on the website and have a distillation of things that have taken me 50 years to arrive at, but distilled down into a very digestible format that I can reflect on myself, you can read, the listeners can listen to, my kids can take and adopt. And we can all, we can all learn from it. I mean, again, it's such a wonderful, simple thing. Even that, okay, let's say all of us now at this time of the year, whatever your projects are that you're working at, instead of going, what's the next step? What's the last step? then work backwards to what's the next step. So that's where we're at. That's the first one, okay? So the second insight that you want to bring us to? Is the idea that nothing lasts. Yeah. Which is a little ironic because it it plays counter to step number one or insight number one, which is begin with the end. Why would you begin with the end if nothing lasts? Yeah. And um, it, it seems like a bit of a pessimistic statement that nothing lasts. But actually, the truth of the human experience is And it was brought to mind to me very, very early on when I was in my younger life, because I mentioned at the start. Horse racing. Yeah, the two things that fascinated me when I was young was, you know, why do some people win and some people lose at life? Um, Which was a big thought for a teenager. But the second, Mm. which was less of a big thought, was horse racing, because my grandfather was a bookmaker. So I kind of grew up enveloped in this. And um, what I really wanted to do with my life was uh, I was fascinated by racing. I was fascinated by betting, by probability, by odds. My father uh, was at the time, and he's now a retired school teacher. And um, he didn't like the fact that I was interested in horse racing because, lo and behold, he he felt I might get addicted in some way. So this forbidden fruit, which was kind of cultivated by my grandfather and uh, restricted by my father, became more attractive. And uh, I found myself in a situation where, like a lot of 80s children, uh, children of the 80s, I was part of the brain drain, so I left Ireland, and I ended up working in southern Germany, selling American cars to American soldiers, and I made enough money over a four- or five-year period to be in a position where I could move to uh, central England. I lived in Oxford, and I decided that I would go and I would bet for a living. So this was a real live experiment <laughs> for a national hunt season, whole, whole jump season, And I went racing every day. And in my imagination, if I could prove in this experiment that I could make betting pay and I could make a living from effectively being a professional gambler, going to the racetracks of England every single day, betting in cash. Oh, I'm getting so nervous over here. Yes. So I was, you know, in my early 20s, very early 20s, and I conducted this experiment and I kept a record, uh, P&L, from uh, the start of the year all the way through the end of the year. And I discovered that I'd made a profit. So I went and I did everything I wanted H- to do. And which of a profit? Uh, Percentage-wise a, even? A, a very small, okay. probably about 3% profit okay. on turnover in the year, which wasn't, an, which wasn't a lot. But it at least disproved the theory which had been prevalent around the place that you can't 
you know you can't make money gambling the only only pe- you know the only way and to the- ma- make a small fortune gambling is to start with a large one <laughs> so the, this whole idea you know at least i torpedoed that idea <laughs> and i made a load of mistakes along the way so every mistake you could possibly make as a gambler a professional gambler when i look back at it now i kind of shrivel um so i i discovered that it was possible to do but i also discovered a lot of other things and what i really discovered was the novelty of doing this for a living when it became my living very quickly wore off so if somebody had said to me you can do this and you can prove it i would have said that this was utopia for me until i got to utopia and realized that actually there's no such thing as utopia because as soon as you get to that point guess what you begin to start to see the things or the aspects or the elements of it that just don't measure up Okay, so that's a really good lesson. Okay, so we started with the end, and then we had nothing else. But your your messages change. You, you know, life happens in between. So how? And you said as well, this isn't a negative thing. Nothing, no. nothing lasts. So wh- what's the positive in it? The positive in it is and, that. And, and what makes it worth trying if we know it's going to change? Well, I think there's a couple of things about it. The first is the modern preoccupation preoccupation that there is with celebrity and material and materiality, is that. There's a lot of belief out there that as soon as I, you know, have the car, have the job, become the famous person, uh, acquire the wealth, get the title, as soon as I get that, I'll be happy. And then you get that. And it's a little bit like when you get the brand new car, you know, or the, the iPhone <laughs> that you get. It's the brand, brand new, most up-to-date version of it. And then somebody, somebody get one with an iOS, which is more sophisticated <laughs> than yours. So they get something different than something else. So the whole idea is that material, materiality tends to bring with it uh, an excitement and a pleasure, but not something that lasts for any length of time. So it's constantly realizing that, you know, the river's always flowing. You never step into the same river twice. We're constantly changing. Our expectations are constantly changing. You know, if you went back to your 21-year-old self and wrote down all of the things you wanted, all of the yes. things you believed, all of the aspirations that you had, all of the things you enjoyed or expected and you compared it with your now 22-year-old self, then you would realize that you've changed. Nothing remains the same. So when you get to a certain point that you aspire to in the future, it may have elements of what you expected or wanted, but it doesn't mean that it's going to last for any length of time. So you start with the end, nothing lasts, so that end might change, or at least on the way to that journey, things will change, embrace it, adapt and keep moving forward. Yes, it's constantly evolving, constantly changing, and we're constantly needing to reevaluate. Your next insight, insight number three, then, look for good intentions. So, pray tell. This has got to do with human relationships. The first two, one and two, have got to do with uh, mental frameworks and how we think about the world. So, beginning with the end and, and the idea that nothing lasts, it's a mental construct. Um, the next two have got to do with how we interact with other people. And you asked me a little earlier on why we get invited into organizations. We typically get invited into organizations when there's something uh, not working. Mm-hmm. So very often I feel like Harvey Keitel <laughs> in the Pulp Fiction film, you know, I'm Mr. Wolf, I solve problems. <laughs> yeah. So unless there's a problem. And if anyone can't, doesn't, sorry to cut across, yes. you can't visualize him. He's in those uh, car insurance ads. He's, he's the guy. He's making he's the a, guy. a good living out yeah. of fixing problems some 25 years later. So... We don't get invited in unless there's an issue or unless there's a problem. And very often when we get invited in by somebody within the organization, they mark our card as to, you know, so they give us the background, they give us the context so that we know what we're walking into. But it's very rare that we don't get our card marked about one or two people in the group. Mm -hmm. So if it's a team and it's a team that isn't working very well together, then 
we'll get pulled aside and say, you know, that person there. So we get told about the cynic or we get told about the saboteur. And in my experience, when we get to sit down with that person who has been labeled internally in the organization, and often for very good reason, when you get to sit down with them and have a one-to-one with them, you realize that they're not the bad person that they appear to be on the outside. There's always a good rationale or a good intention behind what it is is causing the behaviour on the surface. And what makes them trust you to tell you that? Which is wonderful because you're their chance, you know, for to get what it is across that they want that they perhaps don't feel safe enough to do with whoever their bosses are or indeed their colleagues. They have to believe that you are there as a non-judgmental either arbiter, facilitator, mediator, somebody who's there to do good for the whole and they have a part to play in it and they have to feel safe. That's true. And how do you do that, Ian? Uh, we begin by, ironically enough, beginning with the end. So Brilliant. We, we, we start off with the end. So let's say it's a team and the team isn't getting on. And, you know, for various reasons, the interactions aren't working and, you know, productivity productivity suffering. We start off by getting a common understanding of what the best outcome would be for all parties. So you have to start by identifying what an improved situation would be for everybody Mm -hmm. and include and involve everybody in that conversation. And sometimes we have one-to-one conversations in the lead up to that, but you always state that the the intention, because there's got to be a context or a reason for why we are there in the first place, because otherwise there's suspicion. So unless you create a context, then people will be suspicious. So you have to create a context which people believe in. It's got to be credible. It's got to be real. And that's, we, we vet that in, in, in advance. So if, we, if, if a client is in there to, to, to do, you know, do harm by somebody, it's got to be doing good for everybody. And then we will be part of the solution facilitating that. Brilliant. So, so that becomes the context for it. And that, back to your original question, why would people trust you, yeah. is unless or until they trust that that's true and that's real and that's going to prevail, then they won't be honest and they won't be open. But when we get to a point where we create that honest and open conversation, what always reveals itself is that there is good intentions behind the bad behavior on the other side. And it could be that they feel unfairly treated. It could be they got passed over for a promotion. It could be, as is a case recently, somebody's going through a very messy divorce. Is there any other kind? And they, you know, mm-hmm. instead were just... Not, not performing well at work or not showing up well at work or their kids or their kids are ill or there's something else. There's always a reason behind it. And, and the reason that this is an insight is that when we sit down to have a conversation with somebody where we know that there's an adversity, so somebody's got a different view to us or there's some history there and we have to sit down and resolve it, what's our start, starting point? Our starting point is often that they're wrong and I'm right. And as soon as you start from that particular, from that standpoint you're already authoring your own downfall. The experience I have is that if you look for it, people are well-intended in behind. Now, there are exceptions, Mm -hmm. but they are exceptions. The whole idea that there are evildoers out there who are out to get you, the truth of it is, you're just not that important. And as as, uh, one of my favorite quotes is Alexis Ohanian, who's the founder of Reddit, he says, we're all just carbon-based life forms figuring shit out. Yeah, I love it. It's true. That's what people are. They yeah. get their their life is tough. It's difficult for most people on a day-to-day basis to get from one end of the day to the next. 
intact. Ian, the more people like yourself that we get to talk to, whether it's on the Lifestyle Show and the podcast Pendulum Summit, people that we are, that are supposed leaders in their field. And I say supposed because one person's leader it could be in one area and another in another. We talk to many from different areas. So James Can, let's say. So he of Dragon's Den fame, multimillionaire. Very simple thing that we've spoken about before that he lives his life by. Sets himself three goals for a day out of uh, three days of a week. If of a working five day week, if he gets those goals ticked three of those days, that's a successful week for you. They're talking about going in with the end in mind, talking about what's the name of the Reddit founder? Alexis Ohanian. Ohanian. OK, so quoting Alexis there as well about we're all human. A lot of the goals in the day to day philosophy. So if we follow your 50, we're going to be a lot wiser, I think, towards by the end of it. But if it's adapting them into your day to day lives, isn't it? That's the key. So if we were to start, because we haven't got to your fourth one yet, but if we were to start with these three, starting with the, nothing lasts and also then the good intentions. How do we adapt these into our day to day? They're going to they're going to. So it takes time to change habits because each one of us is at a situation today where we've learned how to behave. We've learned how to act and we've learned how to think. And that's what we've perfected. And as a result of the combination of all three, we're getting the results that we're getting. Now, if everybody was getting the ideal result, we know that not everybody's getting that, okay? We're all trying to be better and, you know, uh, do more with what we have. It takes time to adapt and change. And these are, you know, so insight one and two are mindsets. And insight number three is is also thinking about, and they're in, in the context of yourself. So beginning with the end is something you can do at any point. So even the James Cann example that you mentioned he actually starts off by identifying three things that he wants to have done by the end of the day. Well, that's beginning with the end. He's already starting with the end. So he doesn't start his day and just jump in. He actually thinks about what he wants to have achieved or accomplished by the end of it. Anybody can do that. And you can do that on a micro basis, but it can be like meetings is one of my favorite things or one of my favorite subjects because they are the worst use of organizational resources of anything that happens on a daily basis or routinely in organizational life. And there's nobody I know ever that I've met who is dying to get to the next meeting. And it's because they're so inefficient. For most ca- in most cases, and part of the inefficiency is that they don't start with the end. Most people sit down. I was with an organization of se- four or five senior executives who were p- preparing to put a proposal together, presentation together for their uh, executive committee. Okay. And they sat down in the room, and I was sitting on the outside. And they all brought copies of the latest presentation, and they spent 45 minutes (laughs) arguing and debating over the the font size and some of the layout and some of the formatting of the slides. Okay. And at no point, and we had only one hour to discuss all this, after 45 minutes had elapsed, I just said, excuse me, can I ask one question? What is the purpose of why you're presenting this to the executive committee? What is it you want to accomplish? What is the impact you want to have as a result of doing this. So 45 minutes of the one hour that was allocated to do this was spent on the detail of formatting and and, and, and font sizes and point sizes. And they hadn't got a common agreement amongst those in the room as to what the purpose was. Everybody had a different view. Wow, did you get it done in the 15 minutes? Of course not. But this is typical of meetings, Mm -hmm. is that it doesn't start with the end. So when you ask me, how do we adapt and apply this on a daily basis? It's, It's a mindset. So before you make a decision, 
just start off by thinking Brilliant. about why. Why are you doing it? And you know what I'm thinking you're going to have to do? You're going to have to get fridge magnets and by the end of this, have one to 50, okay? The and winning then- of life. Fr- <laughs> fridge magnets. Set. Seriously. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, it, by then it'll everything will be interactive that we can just click on the fridge magnet and be reminded of what each lesson means. Okay, so number one, we've already been there and where we looked at uh, start with the end number. This is like a test now for my memory. Um, Number two is nothing lasts. Number three is good intentions. And here we are at number four, which is now own your impact. Love this one. Yeah. What do you like about this one? I like it because I think we all there's nothing wrong with failing. There's nothing wrong with um, I'm not going to repeat it. There is. That's it. What does what is wrong is what are you going to do about it? Not doing something about it. That's the problem. And we all fail. It's a terrible word. We feel shame. Um, but it's is what is what we feel. But the reality is we all do it all the time. Let's learn and be better. I'd look at you talking about gambling earlier and you started with that. Failed many times. Yes, you came out with 3% up. But you, as you said, you, you learned a huge amount from that. The life lessons that no doubt now as a company owner, um, as, a, as a, you know, half uh, having lived half a century, you've picked up huge le- lessons from failing many times. So let's stop being ashamed of failing. Let's encourage our children to do it. Let's do it more ourselves. But then let's own it. Put our hand up and say, I did that. That was my mistake. I'm going to learn. I'm going to do better. Yeah. And and, um, failure is is a topic that we'll talk about, I think, uh, pretty consistently throughout the year as we evolve this. Uh, We'll probably have a, a lesson that will go directly into that space in the specific of it. And just on that very note, uh, there's no there, when you think of the word failure, there's only an, a negative association with it. I was about to say, own your impact is also a great thing. Mm. Like, you know, we Irish, we're, we're probably not very good at standing up and go, boom, that was me, baby. I presume own your impact. Is that part of it? Um, it's part of it. And it actually follows on from the whole idea of people having good intentions. So if people have got good intentions who are sitting opposite you and you're looking for their good intentions, so you're mining for gold and not for dirt, um, it follows then that you've got good intentions. Unfortunately, the world doesn't judge you by your intentions. Yes. But we judge ourselves by our intentions. The world instead judges us by our impact. So the fact that I intended getting the presentation done and having it ready on time is irrelevant if the impact is, well, I don't have it I, and, and therefore I can't present it. Um, so football managers, for example, don't get judged based on... Good point. You know what what they intend to do with the team. They get judged on the results and where the team sits in the league table. Uh, sales professionals don't get judged based on the number of presentations they do or the work they put in. They get judged on revenue. Uh, you don't get judged based on how much time and effort you put into getting the show here. You get judged on the ratings that it gets <laughs> and how well it's received by the people who listen to it. Mm. So the, the the harsh reality of life is that we get judged by our impact, but we judge ourselves by our own good intentions. And it's managing, you know, as London Underground would have us do, is mind the gap between our good intentions and the impact that we have on the other side. And there are a lot of people we discover who are walking around. So back to when we get pulled aside and we get told about this person or that person, what the person who's giving us the inside track is doing is they're describing the impact of this person, not their good intentions. Very good. And it is only when this person is made aware and owns up to the fact that they're having the impact that they're able to do anything about it and able to make any change happen. So we, any successful 
successful person I've ever met will always step into owning the impact of what they've done. And this, this comes down to, like, kids are a classic example of it. So I've got, you know, Reuben and Anna at home. Anna comes in, she's bawling, crying, and she says, Reuben hit me. So then I go over to Reuben and I say, Reuben, what happened? <laughs> first thing he's going to do is he says, she hit me first. Yeah. And then they say, she was in my stuff. So this is a very good example of he's just describing his own good intentions. And if you think about it, do you want to raise kids who will protect themselves and won't let people mess with their stuff? Yes, there's good intention in there. But it's not the intention that you're focusing on. It's the impact of him hitting his sister, which is, you know, has, has the result that it has. But actually, we're just kids with longer legs. My experience is that out in the world, out in the workplace, people are just pointing the finger of blame. You know, the dog ate my homework <laughs> or whatever the equivalent is. And, and they don't take ownership of the impact that they're having. And the worst, you know, and we all know people, I guess, in the workplace or perhaps even in the family that walk around pulling pins out of grenades <laughs> yeah, that, and leaving oh, yeah, the grenade no, there and walking out of the room <laughs> and having no accountability for the mess and the trail of destruction that they leave horrible. behind. It's horrible. That freaks me out. I think every that freaks everybody out. Everybody has been the catcher of that grenade and if you are quick and good you can kick it out of there but unfortunately often it's a mess and and you know right down to it so we have a we have agreement you and i about about writing the copy and getting the copy done in advance of the (laughs) podcast and i'll own up and say i was late with the last piece of copy so i i need to own that (laughs) so there are many excuses and there are many reasons why but it's my impact i made the commitment and it has an impact on you if it's not there. And, and likewise, my impact on you. Know, this sounds like we're having confession time. Well, um, what else is it? Well, and and it, it's true, it is. And then my impact as well. You know, if I'm late and, and likewise not getting copy up in time, then yours is going to be backed up. It's true. And I love that. I do think they're all very strong. So we've got four really, we're struggling to squash them all in there. So we've had four really strong um, beginnings, winnings at life, winning at life lessons there Ian to kick us off you can follow the series hashtag winning at life we are also going to have the articles all linked up on the article if you click on or google right now wherever you're sitting or TE lifestyle Ian McLean M-C-C-L-E-A-N and you will see Ian's name and all the articles down there previous articles too and in this series you can follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram Ian we're going to be back talking to you in a month's time We'll have two articles, uh, two, um, yes, we will have two articles up in the meantime and then the podcast to go with those. Yes, 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 we are, Ian. This is going to be podcast number three we're heading towards and you are winning at life. Thank you very much. I don't care if that sounds naff. (laughs) (laughs) The Lifestyle Show with Tara Lockery-Grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra.